0: spaceship too called the cat is inside and some of the origin of like what i was going through with uh, a little bit of music you heard during this podcast is just my cat you know i trained them a little bit to open the door to my house and they were able to get outside and do stuff and they argued how to get back in the house too by trying to open the door anyway generally it was the cat was inside and people really made fun of me in, a, in, um, in ways that were more inviting to the bedroom, by way of women inviting me in the bedroom, kind of. which is just kind of making fun of me. Is it a chaos kind of sign, Nathan? Is it was a chaos kind of sign? Let's have sex, kind of thing. <laughs> so that was kind of awkward. Anyway, uh, talking about Siona Johansson here. Who is where? Yes, you on know the bed, And you're gonna push me. Okay, you can do that. Anyway, so I've seen many Scottish chances on the internet. Some have kids, some don't. And this one definitely doesn't have children, nor has she ever had children. And she sounds really famous and stuff when she talks to me. Can see you. And uh I love her. And she came out to me. She's come out to other people before as well. But just getting really excited, like, for the evening here, the spaceship, the spaceship too. And talking with Scarlett a little bit in my head, like, when she's not around, I just think about, you know, my dad with his Asperger syndrome going on, that he's had, like, how can you put yourself in the perspective of somebody else, in other words, like, how can you, like, put yourself in someone else's shoes when it comes to stress? And how she deals with stress is so much different than me, and, you know... We're about the same age. She's a little bit older than I am. Just a little bit. We're about 36 now this year. I can't believe it. It's been such a long journey, and we're both so spread out now in what we're doing. She has so many projects going on, and it's just like, you know, the media we get of each other, we're really like, kind of We're not really stalking each other. (laughs) Anyway, what I did today? Uh, let's see. Got my iPad back from being repaired. I got to play some Final Fantasy, Brave EXVIUS. I'm really good at it. That game in specific. I've worked on it for a number of years. Almost four years or so now. I've worked on it. We're coming up on like a fourth year anniversary of the game, I'm pretty sure or it's already coming gone. I can't remember yet. It's kind of how X XPOS works. Like, it's such a nostalgia. When you're playing, your, your brain cells just get blasted, and it's so overwhelming and beautiful of a game. And, you know, it's definitely for adults. And, you know, when I live with my cat, I definitely got to work with my electronics on a level of getting to stay inside and working on stuff since I lived on a farm. And it was hard work, you know. When I didn't have anything to do outside, I could stay inside. I didn't have to go into town very often. And uh, I grew my own food. I eat berries, mostly. Uh-huh. Yeah. I eat berries, mostly. All kinds of raspberries and some type of blackberry and mulberry berries and some wild ephedra. I used to eat that as well, so it's not really foraging. I mean, I'd go into town and like get meat and stuff sometimes, uh, and like ramen or something simple. I used to cook food all the time, but I mean living out there was so different, and my cat loved it. Or they're just like freaked out by the rain, or like trucks driving by, or me, or but I used to spend so much time with my cat, like indoors and outdoors together, and the, the neighborhood could see it. It was almost like a neighborhood in that it was just like a really small community but we were so spread out from each other, it was hard to see what other people were doing. And it was just, it was of living you're growing up on a farm, in a way, in my 30s uh, to some extent growing up, like a part of me sounds kind of masculine and male. So, that author who died, who, just put out, who had put out Brokeback Mountain during his lifetime, you know, as far as gay rights goes, it's just a film I didn't see. And I've tried to read some of like his works a little bit in some context that they can be accessed at all. But, you know, for people that have seen the movie and to buy his books after his death, similar thing happened to me with Stephen Hawking that uh, I acquired not books that he's written per se, but books he's edited that I've contributed to. and one of those is called uh, dare we? okay well, should we? okay let's well called God created the integers in our region anyway. In some regions it may be called something else, uh, but it's a lot of the history of different mathematics notation. It just happened on paper, mostly, and chalkboards and stuff. And I contributed to it immensely. It is an immense volume. It's. Mm. Excuse me. Uh, it's a very heavy book, physically. Some people wait train to hold it. And, you know, I had planned, in a, after Stephen Hawking's death, and I acquired the book, per se, uh, to stay inside more often in the winter time and read it. But they didn't end up happening. Like winter for me when I was staying there a couple years ago at the farm. Just became a lot different work and like different stress and more writing on my side than reading. But uh what are you into reading, honey? What you got including magazines? Oh that looks what you got Huckleberry Finn very Finn It's something I read on a wood floor growing up, actually. Uh, it is a hardback version of the book. And I not contributed to that book in some way other than by way of print and publication in our region. Since I was at a reading level and a writing level where uh, the book was pushed into our region. And some adults are starting to approach that rather than children. It's not usually a book reserved for children. It was more for accelerated class, or, you know, being a little ahead in school growing up kind of thing. Advanced learning school side, I don't know, the lift, so they called it. Or than L- LD has it lift, it's the other arrogance they call it, uh, which is very controversial. Puckleberry Finn deals with that other arrogance aspect in its writing uh, that. We see progress in the South by way of skipping school and working with the waterways and interference with water paths. And you know this recent Suez Canal blockage going on, and like the fear that we have what almost ten percent, eight to ten percent of world economies stuck in a waterway all of a sudden. And it's one waterway, and it's one tugboat physically dragging this thing out of there to see that media was just heartbreaking. And just, you know, 400 or more ships lined up behind this one vessel in the Suez Canal recently. Uh, some people break off from the ship and start building on the ground with construction materials that they have. So it might be shipping, yeah, they might be shipping and moving construction materials, they end up buying those shipping uh, containers from the people Rather than own the construction materials, they might buy the actual construction materials, the container, the elevators involved on the ship and just dump it off onto the ground along the Suez Canal and just start building. And that's, we've seen that happen a little bit. Uh, Can you imagine the tide coming in all screwed up and like something not estimated right to be able to build? I mean, to see like life growing along the Suez Canal one thing, it's another to like link into life that goes on on the Suez Canal, or along the Suez Canal, rather, and I just feel for some of the people that are really, you know, they're not rich at all, they're barely hanging on there with their lives, and they're deciding to like build along the Suez Canal uh, as people and like integrate themselves into the culture and Egypt is not what you think it is. Uh, some people they just have a strange view of Egypt. And let's see, during the Obama administration, we talked some Egypt. Okay, so Egypt to me seems like Church of Satan integrated into a culture that balances kind of like an army on top of like family discussionary incidences where families. On a local level, decide what the army does, and Egypt has so many different like people and subcultures going on. And you know, when uh, the army took over or attempted a coup in Egypt and or restricted satellite communications and Twitter and all kinds of stuff, there were hackers inside of Egypt that really pushed. This is Prisarnyev, if you will. sure timeline-wise, pre-Sarnaev, as far as what happened news-wise that social media uh, kind of parlayed into radio. It's something that happened in Egypt. There's Sarnaev-level attacks in Egypt that were happening. The army started losing control of different little towns in Egypt to people that weren't necessarily from like Chechnya or something like that, per se. But they were seen as like these terroristic cells that, you know, in Egypt, when it comes to terrorism, they're way hardcore when it comes to squelching out terrorism. And, uh, you know, this recent reroute was the Canal, I was very worried from pretty Ita Shun's daughter, my friend there in Iceland. I consider her my friend, anyway. Sometimes I think she hates me. but that's what that is, it's sad, but, she's just a person, and, like, when I think about her, um, it's just, you know, her pirate party, Iceland, stuff ain't no joke, actually, uh, when it comes to, like, the battlement of Iceland, and, like, sending out someone her age onto the water, to, like, police boats and stuff, I just feel so, like, scared for her, and, like, Somali pirates and shit, going on and what I'm talking about is like the reroute you know from the Suez Canal backing all these vessels out and then like making them drive all the way down to the southern tip of Africa and coming back up like there are so many people on edge just like scared that their friends are gonna die It's just like man so we're right right now it's just that it's gonna take weeks for this to resolve still and uh, it it'll feel to people that it's moving quickly, which it is. There's you know there's a lot going on, but <sighs> man, so just sorry about that. Um. Anyway, so Egypt is what it is, and it's. You know, in our family, we have a lot that's happened with Egypt, and... Our family definitely goes back a ways when it comes to attacking, you know, bad people in Africa, from within Africa, alone, as a family member, like... I just can't imagine how big Africa is sometimes, and... I have, a, I have another friend in Africa, Obi King, uh, I'm afraid for him sometimes, and he's, I'm not going to disclose where he lives, exactly in Africa, but he got to see his family the other day, and he got to stay with his mom for a while, and got to see his sister get married, and, you know, there's so much going on in Africa that it's just different. Calm down, I'm sorry. Scarlet, you know, you just, you don't scare me in what you do, like, but, you know, for many years, you were being exposed, and you've gotten attacked sometimes, and people really rallied at me, of like, can you get the hint, man? Somebody likes you, but they're famous. I'm like, Jack Crestorius is dead. If they're alive, they'd probably like me, hopefully, as a bass player. That's just how I used to think as a musician. I know that sounds odd, but I just used to think about all musicians and Joe Zobinol before he passed away. Um, that's another sensitive thing that's going on That I guess. Anyway, uh, you're an American woman, and you're beautiful, and people attack you sometimes in media, and it's sad. Brigitte getting attacked uh, live on television is a little different. She's able to defend herself uh, and she does so very well and she's so astute. Um, Where I'm going with this, I just want to derail a little bit in the discussion and just remind you, honey, you know, you're you're going to start looking into works like Huckleberry Finn that bring up these feelings of how sad is the planet sometimes. And how sad it used to be is maybe not uh, the right perception of people that gamble. And Mark Twain was one of those people that gambled, and he also used to... Utilize uh, steam vessels to ride on. They would uh, rent out some uh, gamble room where people would appear and see. Have you made any progress with your things? Well, then you've won more time on the vessel. Congratulations! And they would uh, have some devious making fun of him as a person-like behavior. Well, this person's so smart. I don't know what they're doing. That kind of feeling. Uh, Where When you're on a steamboat uh, for gambling they want you to just be ignorant and stupid and spend a little bit of time on the vessel, but Mark Twain used to camp out on some of these vessels. He used to really exploit them and uh, lost a lot of money and friends and, you know, he hated the South and people knew that. But how he came off to people in the South is often interpreted as being very comical and fitting into the South in some respect. The South, from where Mark Twain was positioned, it could be argued that slavery had ended, and there was the Underground Railroad where these vessels definitely participated in uh, helping blacks escape out of the South to safety. Multiple transference, different vessels that allowed blacks to command the vessels and escape out into the ocean if they wanted to do that. So, you know, Mark Twain is viewed as an author who, you know, that he wrote what he did, though he took his time, and it took many years, sometimes, for Mark Twain to produce a book. Some of them are impressive, some of them are not. And most of them are technically not that impressive. So. Huckleberry Finn, though, is looked at as just a work of art that, you know, turned out went did. And you'll see a lot of use of the apostrophe in that book. Uh, so, apostrophe is used in very creative ways and not very often. Anyway, you want to talk some Iceland? What do you want? Who is Brigitte? Well, Brigitte, uh, John's daughter, is a poetician of Iceland, if you will is a former politician of Iceland who started what's called the Icelandic Pirate Party of the Modern. uh, That's in Icelandic language, translated to English. But the Pirate Party of Iceland has existed in history uh, in different ways. During times when Iceland was essentially an outdoor prison, uh, the Pirate Party did exist. Uh, It was part of a battlement. That was seen as uh, anti piking of women. They really protested the pike used in war in Europe. They perceived the pike as something that, uh, you know, people were decapitated in Europe and your head is on a pike if you make a mistake. And that's how some Icelanders have had this uh, almost Scandinavian mythology that's interleaving with speech and language of Europe. So I was uh, very impressed to see this force come from Brigitte that she used on live television. Uh, Talking Iceland for me sometimes is that on Icelandic television you learn that Icelanders associate English words or Icelandic words with each other sounds as though with people or with the words themselves. It's the word for that. The thing I just described. The thing I just described. Uh, you know, that's just not a sentence. It's one word uses a sentence. And some Icelanders get to that limit in law. where they start to use a single word, it's like a sentence. That they just want to... You know, in English... They want to, per se, as Icelanders, rather, I say, I break here, I make a mistake in my speech language. That's that, that's that in Icelandic. Um, how do I speak Icelandic? I don't know. I practice that language a little bit, and talk to Birgitta sometimes, and talk to Björk. Do I miss Björk? What do you mean? It's very different. Um, She's she's got some new stuff out actually. She did some interviews. She's working on some podcast stuff with people too. So you know they're not long segments per se, but Eric is very different. Is that in an Icelandic? And, uh, you know, that doesn't mean what you think it means. It could mean the tip of the volcano is broken off and it's going to wipe out your family. Which is, we just, we're going to have a baby. <laughs> That's that in Icelandic. So Icelandic is a violent language. It's got some violent terms if it's just, you know, scary, like, we're gonna have a semen blow-off into some chick. Which means a birthday party. (laughs) Yes, it does. It literally means that. That's the, uh, I say the word for birthday party, we're gonna have a semen blow-off into some chick. I mean, the language is violent. It's very violent. but as far as Scandinavian languages goes, it's not as bad as you think. Or it's way worse than you think, actually. <laughs> 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 he I would he a forever shall. This word for that. Wouldn't just perceive as. Like two sentences. <laughs> but so when I talk Iceland, I don't know what to say. I'm not, you know, very intelligent when it comes to speaking Icelandic with a meter. Going in Icelandic. I don't know what to say to that, even though to that I disagree with that. That one makes no sense. My history is spurred with the violence of your gut or all sound in your throat mixer, is to say that you're out of time with the meter of Icelandic language, essentially. That's a neat one. Some Icelandic words are just really different. Well, with the Cat is Inside Here segment that we're working on, uh, and we're talking Iceland, I don't want to defame or demean this person, Daniel Tamad, who's appeared on Icelandic television, uh, speaking what he thought was Icelandic language, which it was not made what he thought were Scandinavian mouth sounds and he demeaned uh or appeared very schizophrenic and scared people in Iceland uh, people in Iceland tried to reject things like their lottery tickets that they like to do they have a lot of things they do like uh some Americans like go to the gas station and buy a lottery ticket kind of thing uh, if you have some change they're very American. Just like, on a level of not poverty, they buy borrow tickets, and buy energy and drinks, and buy, they go to Iceland store that England likes to make popular and they buy the Icelandic brand or not. They would go for the American stuff. Like that. And, you know, Iceland is so cool, or not. There's a new volcano, oh, the <laughs> is the name of this thing now, it's changed, but that's not official, I guess. This is, as far as volcanology goes, an Icelandic volcano, oh my god, uh, I don't know what to say about it, It's breath. At first people thought, wow, we have pain relief and it looks awesome, and we're getting some pictures and we got some tourism. And it's like, um, it's not Italy. Certainly not. So, <clears throat> I've just put out this book recently called The History of Lightning. It's called The History of Lightning, sorry. I'm gonna open the microphone. And I talk a little bit about some volcano stuff just at first. But uh, what's happened with this is that i found some of my volcanology in academia that's been a little plagiarized by people and it's okay, technically, since the Icelandic volcano stuff that I've worked on is so inaccurate to the extent that I'm trying to save people's lives that it was allowed to be used in academia on different levels of the sources appear to be all kinds of different names that sound really similar for some reason kind of thing. Which is, we're trying to reduce the number of people killed by data handling and machine learning and stuff. So, you know, The History of Lightning, this book I just put out, uh, is really good opinion on different levels of, like, trying to clean up the lattice discussion, like, what, what do I do? With, why, why don't we keep having the lattice discussion? It's one of those words that we lost in history in a way where it used to be really common to hear the word lattice of like fencing looking not fencing as in fighting uh, fences where you grow vines on them and stuff we used to be able to assemble lattice fences and do quilting and we lost a lot of that in the United States People received it as almost aliens, but they want me to say hush-hush about that. But yet, there was also that part of the German battlement that utilized what were called lattice machine. And there were like wires that were plugged into batteries and then shot at with guns, or then the military would find those kind of shapes. And we analyzed lattice very little since we didn't see it, anything, you know, of the lattice, other than it's just like, well, a lattice is an in interoperable zone in two volts, essentially, that it can manifest as a three-dimensional figure that can be analyzed with chemistry. Uh, so, it's just becoming more of how can we express what a lattice is with symbols and shapes without being hurt. And it's getting harder to do that, it seems. Some days it's not hard to do that, in other words, to to hurt people with a lattice. And that's science. So science and lattices, experimenting on people with how they're respondent to the term lattice is deplorable. And it happens in the United States, and it used to. uh, it's not that it's happening again, but it does a little bit now and then. Not as much as you think, though. There's a lot of deep web stuff going on, and and I'd explain it. There's Reddit, or anything like that. Yeah, I said it. My Reddit. I'm sexy looking. I get to see how I look like. Maybe it's on my Microsoft stuff too. That's I mean, I don't have all the tools that you think to like do graphic design. I'm still in love with my like, graphic designers and she is so just who she is and like so beautiful. And just, she keeps coming up against these athletes and different people that have served in the military and she wants to hear what they have to say. She literally and legitimately wants to learn terms and words, and like, English is not her first language, and she speaks English wonderfully, and you can tell English is not my first language, but Russian is not my first language either. So, life can be really frustrating. these are big, backwards, I'm my 30s, I'm on my period right now, There, thankfully, oh my god, the last one was really hard, it's still this month, but it was just like, oh my god, oh man, yeah, it was a really heavy To I don't even know what to say. about um, me Iceland more, Okay. So, Iceland... Uh, uh, former Prime Minister of Iceland? It's speaking out of turn in some international respect. I mean, right now I'm kind of focused on Brigitte. Which She retweets somebody that she is interested in, you know. I definitely feel that I just want to look out for her. The kind of level of if you're not a house of the lords, motherfucker, you better back off, kind of thing. If somebody attacks Bertie, I feel really defensive of her, and you know, she doesn't like lords somehow, or she does some days. She feels that she's more House of Commons. But that's okay. I'm trying to sort through some of her media and like see what she's talking about a little bit. This goes on in modern English to some extent, but Brexit was so hardcore, and I mean the world had to continue to argue on some level and I I definitely stepped up as I could during that to just express my my view on things. And Being an American and feeling like you want to relinquish your citizenship is not something I want to talk about when it comes to being an American. I fight really hard to be like myself as it is and I love the United States. I love living in the United States. I have definitely survived living outside of the United States and I've been able to return to living in the United States and I just, I don't know what to say, but I like. The easy for them to study an exact House of Lords person and they accumulate some information about that person, what they're doing, where they've been. That can be misinterpreted as somebody likes the House of Lords. So isolating somebody, you know, Margaret Thatcher or Theresa May, you know, people feel this compulsion to, well, not to ready the vicars, the rules of all peoples of all nations of all mm-hmm. colours, and things like that, Just speech and language of the House of the Lords, where we want to just really all people on the defense of the behalf of the Earth, and transcends the choir, and we see the sun. I mean, that's speech language of the House of Lords, that's incredible stuff. There's so much beautiful Okay, well for now we're gonna take a break. And uh add another segment here within the can is inside. This has been Dr. Daniel Fox, hang out with Scarlett Hanson. Thank you.